Oh, is it marketing is, is another name for hacking. I mean, instead of hacking, mm. I mean, it relates, hacking relates to computers, marketing relates to people, right? You're hacking people. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, go watch, go watch Social Dilemma. All right, what's up, guys? I have been working my butt off on this live hacking event, so it's great to take a break and talk to you guys about this week's podcast episode that I'm super excited for because we brought on the show John Colston, aka Mayonnaise. John is uh, someone you'll see often at the top of the leaderboards on Hacker One because he takes a data science approach to bug bounty, and that really helps him multiply his findings. Every every finding that he has, he's able to sort of narrow down what kind of vulnerabilities and problems that these companies are having and apply those to other endpoints to find more bugs. So it's a really fascinating interview. I hope you'll enjoy it. I most certainly did. In addition to that, we've also got the uh, Word Fence Bug Bounty program running a 6.25 times promotion again. If you haven't already signed up for this platform, you're crazy. You've signed up for HackerOne, you've signed up for BugCrowd, you've signed up for Integrity. Why haven't you signed up for WordFence yet? So head over to ctbb.show slash WF, sign up for a researcher account today so you can stay in the loop and hear about these awesome promotions every time they come up. I've been, uh, I've been working on that program a little bit, and I've got some automation in place that is producing a good number of bugs at a set pace. So um, for any of you that like static code analysis, there's definitely an opportunity there to get some automation in place as well. Alrighty, with that, let's go ahead and jump to the episode with John. Alrighty, John, I am looking at this massive document over here to the right right now, filled with like pretty much just gold on the, the crossover between data science and bug bounty. Thanks so much for coming to the show, man. And thanks so much for all the effort you put into prepping for it. Uh, thanks, Justin, for having me. Yeah. Um, for those that don't know who I am, my name is John Colston. Uh, I go by the uh, handle of minis or my own eyes or mayo. I go through all, all three of those. Um, and I got into um, into the bug bounty world about five years ago, and uh, I've been working at it at various levels since then. So, so dude, yeah, mayonnaise. I, I've always thought about this. Mayonnaise <laughs> is like pretty odd name. Give us like the the thirty second summary of why you chose that name, and and uh, and it definitely made you a figure in the in the bug bounty <laughs> space. We're like, who's this guy calling himself mayonnaise? Yes. So um, it's funny. I, uh, young. John was a huge fan of the Smashing Pumpkins and the Siamese Dream album. Uh, it was one of those life changers, right? And there's a song on there, and everybody called it Mayonnaise, but it's it's spelled Mayonnaise with one N. Uh, and then somewhere along the years, I researched uh, the meaning of it, and it's actually like a phonetic play. It's my own eyes instead of Mayonnaise, the, the drop of the N. My own eyes. My own eyes. And like so I thought that was sort of cool. <laughs> yeah. So I said, hey, that's perfect, you know, for a hack of my own eyes, sees this stuff. And uh, and it related to something, you know, that uh, I enjoy, which is music. And so that's how that came together. That's awesome, man. There's so many different areas. So let me let me back up a little bit. The reason why we wanted to bring you on the pod is uh, time and time again on the Critical Thinking podcast here, we have discussed the part of hacking relating to data and to taking notes on a specific target, right? And so many of the people that we have on are just like, yeah, you know, I take notes in this astif.txt file and it's really like 
rough and there's no system to it. It's just kind of like I write things down on this paper and I stick it in my shoe or something like that, right? <laughs> it's it, it's all over the place. And we're like, I was thinking, okay, we've got so many um, takes on that perspective. Let me get a different perspective. And I was thinking, who is the most organized and who is the most methodical, you know, data-driven hacker that I know? And you came to mind. So what I'm hoping to get out of today um, is is a little bit of a look into how you use data science to win bug bounties. And man, if you look at your HackerOne profile, you're you're winning it, man. It's great. <laughs> um, and, and, and so I want to know about how you've done that. And um, I know also that you have a... Uh, specific propensity for digital marketing, marketing in your past experiences, and kind of how that plays into the data science, into the hacking role. Um, and to get that holistic perspective, I think we're going to have to go back a little bit and hear about um, your your career path and your career history and how you kind of got into this digital marketing and data science areas um, that made you the hacker you are today. So give us a little brief introduction to that, if you would. Yes. Yeah, so um, so I went to uh, Georgia Tech, and you know I graduated. Um, in 1999, which was the kind of the height of the dot-com boom, right? My focus was in information nice. technology yeah. Yeah, and, and went, went to work for a startup um, and um, was integrated as a, as a consultant into a credit card company, was responsible for building out a lot of their information systems um, and integrating the technology that we built. It was a real-time decision engine. Um, to be able to approve customers for credit card real time online. That was like new stuff. Wow, that's a big deal. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, went through that. Um, eventually, started working for the credit card company, um, did a new venture, I guess, underneath there that eventually got acquired because the whole lead generation um, vertical was exploding. So, got um, into that, um, I guess, in that industry. As part of an acquisition, uh, built out several national brands, um, and with that, you know, you had not television, you know, radio, but you had an incredible amount of digital media or digital advertising that would go on. And so, I was responsible right. as uh, all the analytics to tie everything together, make sure that every dollar spent was accountable for generating return, and um, worked very closely, uh, especially with the digital man, uh, digital marketing team, to be able to understand, okay, what the levers are being pushed, how do I now provide them with the information to help them make the decisions needed to, to um, you know, perform better and, and acquire customers at a lower cost and, and at a higher volume. So that's kind of how I got into the whole... Yeah. Uh, now, uh, as far as like you know, how that transitioned to um, the, to bug bounty, I eventually had gone on to start doing my own... Um, uh, a business that was in a completely different vertical, still lead gen, um, but it was in the mortgage space. Uh, we hit some walls at one point with compliance, trying to get through um, some legal matters. And um, I needed to figure out some how to earn some income while we worked through those issues. And uh, you know, found a freelance opportunity in, in hacking. Uh, it was something that I was aware of. It was on my radar, but just was so busy doing this. And anyway, so I jumped in. And um, having a background in, in, you know, data science and, and uh, analytics and whatnot, I took that approach. I took a very methodical data processing, how do I approach this type of uh, mentality, um, and then stuck hard to one program. And I believe that was probably a little bit of naivety about how the bug bounty space was back then. You know, 
favoring uh, loyalty. But um, but yeah, that's kind of how mm, I mm. went into the to wow. space. Dude, that's that's such an interesting start because one of the advice pieces of advice that I give to most people that are trying to start Bug Bounty is like, hey, you can't really be in a situation where you're, uh, you know, trying to enter the industry to make money because you're in some sort of, uh, you know, situation where you you don't have your your finances squared down. And uh, not only did, you know, and, and uh, you know, maybe not speaking to the finances part, but you were transitioning out of a, out of a you know, a, a situation with your startup where you needed to find some additional income and going into the space, which adds additional pressures. And then, you know, coming from a, a non-security related field and just taking that expertise from that field and applying it's about bounty. Um, I'm not going to lie, man. I would have bet against you. I would have bet against you that that, yeah, that you wouldn't have been able to pull it off as well as you did. But you did. That's amazing. Yes. So, so I mean, you know, working with data with everything, right? Uh, as I was reading up, right, a lot of it had to do about hacking APIs. Well, okay, I'm very familiar mm. with APIs. That was not something that. that so then I was like, okay, yeah. how do you, how do you find APIs, right? And then so you go through that process. And then as you're reading and, and so much content was out there, it was basically saying, you know, get, you know, get access to systems and you go through. Well, quickly I realized whenever I got onto to Yahoo is that, okay, one, they're in cleanup, cleanup mode, right? They're one of the original mm-hmm. advertising mm-hmm. platforms, if not the original, uh, original advertising platforms that were out there. So the technology was going to be old. Doubling that up over, right, is that, okay, they're spending their time on the pub- public-facing assets, right? So you knew if you can get into the business of business, the B2B type of applications, then mm. you were going to have um, op- opportunities that were going to be once in a lifetime, right? I mean, you were going to have... Yeah, dude, this is... This is such a in, an intuitive approach, man. You're, you're like, okay, let me just think. So if I was going to hack, I need to find APIs. And how yeah. do I find APIs? Well, I find some sketchy advertising company. And I like that you went in your vertical as well. You say, that's that's another thing we talk about a lot on the pod is like, if you can hack within your vertical, within the thing that you understand, within the industry that you're familiar with, whether from a hobby perspective or from a work perspective, that's going to afford you a tremendous advantage. Um, and that's what you did. So you went after you went after Yahoo here. Anybody who has ever looked at the Yahoo leaderboard knows that you went after Yahoo, um, and and uh, you were finding APIs left and right, and you were trying to get your hands on these these uh, business B two B applications or some of this older stuff, right? Right, exactly. And so you know when you find the APIs, and this goes back to the, the journal you're talking about, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I would find yeah. those APIs. They're not vulnerable at that point in time, but they they provide a wealth of information. So whenever I do get access or whatever, or it helps me identify, hey, there's a system mm. out there that I'm not aware of. I don't know what the login is, but I can start researching that. So it was it was mm. a, um, a, a an effort to be able to to identify the um, the different platforms that were out there. Um, which was incredible, uh, the number of them. Uh, Yahoo had go- and AOL yeah. had gone through all these uh, mergers and acquisitions. I mean, you had yeah. all these other bolt-on um, ad platforms that were out there. So it was just, it, it was a, a, a garden a of opportunity. Yeah, yeah. And, and all of it was, you know, all he these... Says, I say a mess. He says a garden. <laughs> a garden of opportunity that just needed to be uh, harvested. <laughs> so that's uh, great, yeah. man. I love so that. I signed up for that job. 
Yeah, no, clearly, clearly. And and so, you know, you stuck for the beginning, you know, you kind of stuck into your, into your vertical there and you were looking at Yahoo, spending a lot of time on them. Um, I guess, and, and nowadays, are you still looking at Yahoo primarily or you, have you kind of moved along? How has your methodology evolved from those early times to, to now, nowadays? Yeah. So, um, you know, John Colson mayonnaise 2024 is completely different than 22. Right. Um, and so back in the day, I was, I was fully uh, committed, um, and spent an insane amount of time focusing on Yahoo. I knew that the opportunity was Mm -hmm. limited and, and the boundaries were good. And, um, so I just went so deep, um, and, and when I went going deep on applications, it wasn't necessarily going deep into the technology. It was going, you know, finding if there were any seminars in, that were out there that are public education, you know, that were B2B type mm. thing. What were some of the things that were being pushed out to the industry that I could then, it's like, okay, hey, you know, they're, they're releasing some new technology called immersion. Okay. And I need to figure out what that is. Where does that live? And things of that nature. So I would, I'd use that also as a, as a lead, um, to be able to try to find, uh, things on the platform and go from there. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, yeah. So about that, would you, would you automate that actual part of it yourself? Or was this just you kind of being plugged into the data sources for Yahoo and like what's happening with the platform and that sort of thing? Both. So the, I mean, the automation was, it was constantly, so Constantly going after and finding what are the new assets that are coming out. Um, mm. Looking at mm. the uh, the domain names and say, hey, this is a word I'm not familiar with. Is that a new product? So, you know, do I need to search this more? And, there would, and it would dovetail into a lot of manual um, searching and looking for you know documentations that you know a development team would use to integrate their system into their you know into the ad system because they've got a bunch of stuff to do to be able to determine you know my budgets and where I'm going to put placement and things of that nature. So they're, they're, these companies are tied into multiple platforms. And so there's just integrations that go on. So there's documentation flying around on, on that kind of stuff as well. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, and all that kind wow. of, uh, all those things were what I was used to be able to help guide me and identify this. Spot. So there was, I mean, I don't know how many platforms wow. I was able to get to and put my hands on. Um, but yeah, that was, that was my, that was my goal. Dude, the, the layer, the, the depth there, right. I just want to point out, you know, the fact that you said, Hey, there's i I'm monitoring subdomains, right. Which is, you know, something that's fairly normal in the bug bounty industry. It's something we do. And then he says, and there was a word I didn't, re- I didn't know. <laughs> like, like this is, this is the level of granularity that I feel like a lot of people don't realize that you need in Bug Bounty. Because, you know, y- when you look at the list of, you know, 20,000 subdomains or more that you get back from, you know, uh, running a, a subdomain enumeration scan on Yahoo, uh, it can be overwhelming. But then John says, hey, there's actually a new subdomain that just popped up with a word that I don't know in it. Let me go and research what's happening with this company. Let me try to figure out what transitions are happening at this current time with the company and dive deep into that. So that's, yeah, that's amazing, it, man. So yeah, you're, it can you're, expose, you're, a, it can expose yeah. a new product, a new platform, a new technology. Um, yeah. So yeah, understanding what, you know, what the do- domain names provide you uh, gives you a, a hint yeah. of what's going on behind the scenes. 
So, so there's the new stuff that's happening, the new transitions that are happening with the company. There's the old, old, old stuff that you're getting access to, you know, these antiquated applications. Um, you've said in the notes here, you know, somewhere that it was like stuff that that was sort of pre-security lifecycle. Like mm -hmm. security wasn't even a thought really at the time when some of these applications were being developed because it was so, you know, long ago. Um, and so getting access to those core applications is important, but that's tricky, right? Getting access to uh, some of these more complex um, more uh, niche uh, platforms. So, I mean, how, were you mostly hacking from an unauthenticated perspective? Did you how did how did you get your hands on credentials, or how did you actually hack these platforms? So yeah, so um, ultimately you had to get well, ninety percent of the time you had to get credentials, right? Um, so mm, a lot mm, of the yeah. a lot of the automation hacking would build a a portfolio of documents that you would then silo into. Okay, this is probably AOL one, or this is, you know, DSP or something, mm -hmm. right? Right. So you had the wealth mm -hmm. of, of the documentation, not only, and then you'd find. Um, so, you know, the the typical way that you you, you go about um, is okay. Can I find a place to brute force? Okay, that's limited. Mm -hmm. um, but even with the limitations, you know, being on the business side of things. And this is a good tip to take back, right? If you're on a hacking a B2B mm. system and um, you know that at some point they're going to have demo accounts or test accounts so that they can share with yeah. other businesses, okay? So if you're able yeah. to identify in some capacity that, okay, it's demo at blah, yahoo.com, whatever, and it and you you're able to find some screen or you some user dump, I don't know, but you see that, okay, mm, mm, that yeah. that user is meant to be shared. And therefore, that password is probably going to be very simplistic and a standard um, yeah. brute force password cracker will go after it, right? So that's one way. Um, another one, um, especially on the B2B, is that if you can figure out who are the users, like which businesses have used the platform and you're able to uh, assemble that and monitor which of those companies go out of business and then buy their domain, buy their domain and then, and then you can approach. So there was a fortunate, you know, I was able to, to download a list and then I memorized every user in that list and all the domains because <laughs> you can't save it. That's great. So I, I memorized yeah. all of them, right? And uh, yeah. no, and then, you know, I'd monitor and see, okay, is that GoDaddy has a great tool for that. Is this domain available? Oh, it is. Okay. Let me register that domain and create an email address. Okay. And then now let me try to do some, let me, let me do a password no reset. Way. So now, two-factor authentication has kind of taken over that, right? And and, mm -hmm. and if you, even if you get even if you get if you brute force an account or you um, do some type of account takeover, that I'm telling you're nine times out of ten, you're going to get a hard stop from the from the company. Like, yep, okay, great. Right. The, the bugins there. Um, I do recommend saying, "Hey, uh, once again, in." I didn't poke around much, but I, I like to see what I can do in the next X hours. Would that be possible? You might get a reprieve mm. um, and and you know permission to mm. go in. Uh, but ultimately, I think that the, the, you know, if you can figure out a way 
to overcome whatever barriers it is to get an account in your own credentials, then they mm. can't stop you. They can't stop you. So yeah. uh, I would that's, highly recommend that's amazing. that route. So, so you can also, you know, so that's ways that we can sort of compromise accounts with, with, um, you know, trying to brute force some stuff or, or getting, be able to do password resets on people whose domains have expired. Um, and then getting your own account, that's a whole different beast, right? Cause like oh, yeah. you, you have to, in those scenarios, you kind of got to, you kind of be able, got to be able to walk the walk and talk the talk to say like, Hey, yeah, I know about this product. Yeah. I'm interested in using this product for my business, that sort of thing. And getting that all set up. Have you, have you had experience with that? Uh, yeah, so um, I, I've tried many different times, failed quite a bit whenever you, you know, try to pretend to be a business. Um, I think m the my favorite story to tell is, um, is obtaining access to the Taiwan assets uh, of Yahoo. Um, because those assets required um, a physical presence within the country and a phone number. Um, and so, and, I, and maybe even an additional ID, but there was a there was a huge barrier. Wow. Unless you were in Taiwan, yeah. uh, you, you were very limited. So I, um, through several attempts, the first three or four failed, but to finally figured out the, the winning methodology is that I posted a job on Upwork, um, and I was looking for an English translator. <laughs> And and no and it was, you, had, you had to be where I felt is that I would like try to hire them on, and then I'm telling them what I would do, and they were like, "No, I'm not going to hack." No, and they would go away. So, in the job posting, I said, "Lifetime opportunity, ride shotgun with a hacker is we blah 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 and go after." And dude, um, yeah, what? the, the, That's the response board just lit up. Like it was like immediately <laughs> slow down, slow down, and so. Um, I was able to find uh, this wonderful lady named Lexi in uh, Taiwan. She uh, she had a family member that actually had uh, the you know uh, the mall and store and all that that had those accounts. She was you know enough familiar. So we're like, all right, let's go. And we registered and it was like, no you know, way. Like, yeah, we went through the whole process and registered and uh, she was in my eyes and ears and, and got me in. And yeah, no, it was uh, right timing <laughs> for a, for a, a live hacking Dude. event. And it was just, it was, everything was great. Um, That's but, amazing. Yeah. So, so this, you know, you went through those, you jumped through those hoops mm -hmm. and then you've got yourself an account and now you've got access to the scope that nobody has exactly. access to. Exactly. And, exactly. And you've got creds and you've got all these old APIs and, you know, beginning of the marketing era tools exactly. that you've got exactly. them all to yourself. Wow. Yeah. That because, is crazy, I mean, I'll be always, I mean, I'm so, always admit, like, I mean, my skill as a, as a hacker is, is secondary, right? Um, compared to like when I watch, <laughs> When you guys talk about, oh yeah, we inserted a hyperlink with this tag, and then we redirected, and then, <laughs> then, then we somehow got a heat dump in which we had the creds for the entire company on AWS. I mean, okay, fantastic. I'm not going to go there. That's my skill set. But if I can get to assets that you know that or that are in uh, in line with more of my skill set, then I'm gonna. That's what I'm doing. So that was that's how I went after things. Uh, that's great, man. And and this whole this whole concept of of going deeper and deeper and deeper than people 
people think you should go or people think you you uh, have to go to find these various assets and get access to these systems and understand the company at a deeper level. That's one of the core core things that's really important in Bug Bounty, and you've kind of nailed it. Um, so we, we've talked a good bit about that. Um, I want to swing back around to the... So we're going to go two places here. We're going to go the data. We want to talk about data science and how you use data science to, you know, uh, more specifically, granularly, how you're using that in your recon flow, how you're using it to predict vulnerabilities and that sort of thing. And then I also want to talk about specific, because clearly you have a lot of industry expertise on digital marketing. I want to talk about digital marketing platforms in particular in some sort of, um, I guess, you know, hands on the keyboard or, you know, looking at the data, uh, uh, tips and tricks for um, how to do that. So let's let's start with let's start with data science. Um, obviously, for me, let, let me just kind of give a little brain dump of what I'm thinking here. So when I think data science plus bug bounty, I'm thinking mostly from a recon perspective. But if you look at your hacker one pro profile, you're not just doing recon, you're finding a lot of vulns. So I'm wondering how how much of your methodology with, that uses data science is is pertaining to reconnaissance, and how much of it actually gives you a, a tangible vulnerability, and um, and then I guess you can kind of talk about either one of those recon and and the actual uh, vulnerability itself. Yes, so um, figuring out how to best approach this and and um, ex explain mm. it. So d data science. Um, I use it as a construct. It's not a one and done type thing, applying it to, to word list. It's it's applying it to right, right. Uh, everything I do. And so to do that, um, I go under the mantra, uh, Peter Drucker, he's a, he's a management um, philosopher. He, he came up with this saying is, what is not measured is not managed, right? And so mm -hmm. when you when you put everything into that framework, is that you want to measure everything, and because if you mm. if you're able to measure it, then you're able to optimize it. So mm -hmm. um, to to do that in you know bug bounty, most of us or whenever I watch hackers use the tools, they're a one and doneer, right? It's not built into some mm. system that's intended to keep track of performance that you can then later go back at a future date and make modifications and, and do your optimization. So I built a system that like, whenever I run a fuzz on a target, right, it's going to log everything that I do. So I have wrappers around all my tools and I call, I call the, that, that worker with this and then make sure that all that information goes into uh, well, I say a database, but it's flat files that I can later use. Okay. I'm, I'm going to pause you right there because okay. there's just so much to unwind just right there. Okay. <laughs> so first, first step, first step is we need to measure everything so yes. that we can optimize everything yes. so that we can perform better as bug bounty hunters. Yes. In order to do that, what you've done is you've wrapped all of your tools with some sort of, um, I, I guess, some sort of script or something that is going to be taking the output of that tool and allowing you to retrieve the output later if you need to or can you just talk a little bit it's going into flat well, files you know you say a database but it's going into flat files and then uh, you're searching those flat files for patterns that you've identified is that the idea so okay so yeah next next level so let's just take we have one file that we're fuzzing right 
as a generic file and mm -hmm. you're fuzzing it on mm -hmm. all domains, right? So let's take a look at all the ways that mm -hmm. we can measure sure. that, right? So we have mm -hmm. a domain, right? We know what the program is. Mm -hmm. We know the subdomain of that program or whatever the root is, right? Mm -hmm. Those are two pieces of traceability right. that you need to have, right? So you yeah. not only domain, yeah. subdomain, and, and program, right? Then um, you give it the file. How big is that file? What is the purpose of that file? And can I track it so I know the identity of it, right? So how many records in, right? How many records out? How many successful hits did it have? And your definition of successful hit could be different between people, whatever, right? So now I have a hit rate mm -hmm. for that file by that program, by that route. Okay. So now I can start wow. seeing, okay, this particular file is going to have a performance of X on here. So now whenever you start looking at the bigger picture of things, I have a hit rate of X percent here and Y percent here. Why is that? Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. This, this, mm -hmm. then you start getting to the, the topics of relevancy and, and all that stuff. Right. So ah, that's a so very generic. You're, you're correlating. Uh, yes. I can see, I, I'm starting to see it here. So, so, you know, you say, okay, I ran this across this specific set of subdomains. I'd expect I get this specific hit rate. I run it across this subdomains and wow, this hit rate is specifically, you know, drastically different. What, right. what is, am I doing something wrong here? Is, does this file just not exist on these subdomains? Um, but they, they're, they should exist. So maybe a certain, you know, uh, path is mapped wrong or, or incorrectly or differently Some, or something yeah. like that. And wow. Okay. Interesting. So, it, so, it, so applying it to flat files, you're not going to have that much of a difference, but whenever you sure. start, whenever mm -hmm. you start getting into your like specific files that, okay. So all my files have a unique purpose. Like I have a purpose. This file is meant to find APIs. This file is meant to find endpoints that reveal directory structures or additional endpoints within the server. This file mm -hmm. is meant for find upload features. I, I don't, you, you have, right. You'll quickly be able to start finding things accordingly by program, by, you know, the actual route within the program and be able to see what you're doing well and what you're doing not right. And so if you can identify, okay, here are my top performers. Here's my 10 top performers. Why, why, why is it performing well? What is happening here that I can then? So where I'm going is that whenever you take a look and you just look at your standard, your output of it, how, do you, how do you measure it? How, how, do you, how do you know you're improving on your fuzzing? How do you know that your word list is you know, applicable or relevant to this file or to or this program or this program or this program? So now, now once you build a, and this is a bit of an overkill, I, I and the only reason why I do this is because. <laughs> hey, you said you said it, not me, man. I don't. No, it, it's an <laughs> overkill, great. and 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 uh, and what I only hope is that you know, for people, for the, the audience that's listening here, is that they can take a little tidbit so in you don't have to build out this massive system, but but being able to understand, um, you know, how to put together a construct so you can start measuring performance across you know different programs, different. Word lists, mm, mm. different sections. So, how's your crawler doing? You know, how's your link finder doing? You know, why is it clearly I'm missing out on some keywords for this program because its hit rate is very low? What's unique about it? Let me try to spend some extra time fuzzing on it to see if there's okay, there's a different path to, you know, 
the files that I normally use to be able to determine like a directory structure. So mm. it kind of identifies areas where you can focus and then whatnot. So you're you're assigning performance, you're measuring, even down to like the the path in the directory level, and creating lists and analytics that are are telling you about the efficiency of specific like directory brute forcing list entries. Well, it's just that granularly. It's, yeah, and and where where it goes in is okay. So wow. So I have so I have um, so as I have workflows right, and so. My one of my main workflows goes through a, a, a series, and it looks something like this. It's like a quick hit fuzz of like things that's going to reveal directory structure on, right? And some of it's API, but mm -hmm. a lot of it's like robots.txt, asset manifest, things mm -hmm. of that nature, right? Mm -hmm. Sure. Okay, it goes in, run a crawler, uh, run a link finder. Okay, now you know words are you know that are relevant to the host. Are generated. Okay, put those words into a you know recipe ingredient type mix. Run that through. Do I get additional hits? Mm. Okay, so I'm stepping through a series of I don't know thirty different sub processes within this workflow, and I need to be wow. able to manage it. I need to have KPIs on each one. How you know? So all the way back to okay, it's part of this program. It's looking from this subdomain that is. The, the, this is the actual subdomain, but this was the root domain. Okay, it goes through. All right, here are the, the performance of the thirty steps of this process is the results. Okay, now now I can aggregate that up. I can now say, okay, this program or this root or you know what the performances of the hit rates and whatnot. That's just some like content discovery. You go back and you start wow. doing you know, a, a diff, you know different analysis from a standpoint of oh. Um, you know, did I get a bug, right? And then trace it back. So as soon as I get a bug, I'm going back. I'm going back, tracing through all the processes, all the way back to how did I find that? What was what was the source? Like, d d was this part of a uh, a pull from Security Trails? Was it like a CIDR scheme? Yeah. What, what it was, right? And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. By putting all this together, you start understanding. Now, this is very uh, uh, it falls into the automationist realm. I heard that being kicked around and. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. For sure. Hundred percent. Right. And so there's tools that can like th these concepts can be applied to people that not necessarily are wanting to build out the full automations. You can build mm. out. You mm. can use this concept to build out. Okay, I'm going to do a new keyword discovery tool, right? Because I need to add and yeah. grow my word list. Okay. Well, let's so, use that. So I want to I want to hear about I want to hear about that and and I want to also go back to what you were saying before about tracing the vulnerability. Now you found the vulnerability. Let me see what parts of my process led mm -hmm. to me finding that endpoint, which found to that vulnerability. But first, I want to get a little bit into the the weeds on how exactly you're doing this because I was like, when I hear you talk about um, statistical analysis on paths and and stuff like that, I'm like, wow, that sounds really cool. I should have all of my word lists sorted by, hey, this is the ones that are going to hit first, you know, uh, statistically across you know a big set of data. Um, but but I'm a little bit. Like when I start thinking about how I'm going to program that and how I'm going to do that, it gets a little bit it gets a little bit fuzzy for me. So sure. I mean, obviously, how, how are you? You said you mentioned flat files. Uh, you said database, and then you're like, oh, well, it's actually flat files. Yeah. I mean, are you are you computing efficiency for these specific um, paths, and then 
like storing them in a flash file or in a flat file in like CSV format and then like dumping it in after you've sorted it with, I don't know, how are you doing this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not quite as automated as, as what you're going. It's just I'm collecting mm. the data that leads me to the information or that are, leads me to where mm-hmm. I can start diving. So let's say this process that has X number of sub-processes, right? I'm mm-hmm. going to, mm-hmm. like, I, I know what each sub-process does. So I know the word list that it uses. But I'm going to count in, okay, how many in, uh, how many records in, how many hits, right? And I'm going to dump that to a KPI mm-hmm. log, right? So mm-hmm. for this sub-process, okay. this is the in, this out, and this is the time duration. Because okay. whenever you, whenever, That's what important I'm, too. Yeah, where I'm going with this is that I want, mm-hmm. at, the end, at the end of the day, I want to sit down, have a cup of coffee, spend two hours writing reports, and then and then go play golf. I mean, that's what I want. But <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's that's the end goal. I'm not trying to that's be amazing. like, the, I'm not trying to be that. the guy. <laughs> I'm not trying to be like, oh, I pulled this great attack vector, and like, I, I am what I am. Uh, I call this practice yeah. retirement right now. I, I'm figuring out what I want to do, but yeah. I I, I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I'm living the good life. I'm taking a, a, my intensity down a bit. And if I can have these systems yeah. generate a list of what I call opportunities, I'm basically, mm-hmm. I'm, bu- I'm building a lead generation platform for hackers. Mm-hmm. It's going to give me leads at the end of the day. Dude, there's going to be opportunities. And that's gonna... a great way to call it right there. Yeah. It's lead gen for volts. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Wow. That's exactly that, what I'm trying to build. That's clutch. I'm not, I'm not doing, it's not vulnerability scanning. Well, that is part of it. You, you know, you can run nuclei, nuclei all day long uh, and find mm-hmm. and find stuff there. But this is, this is stuff that is tailored just to me, right? And so let's say, mm-hmm. let's say there's another hacker that eventually partner up with that is like, oh, I'm like, a game is SQL injection. Okay, what are your flags? Let me mm-hmm. program it in. Mm-hmm. Here's your feed, mm-hmm. right? And so that's mm-hmm. kind of where I'm going with it. So, wow. That so so okay. So, but your 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 key your key performance oh, indicators there is is um you know your inputs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know you're saying okay, I'm fuzzing this file. You know this file of um. Uh, you know, let's say you said you mentioned quick hits before, right? We've got like right. quickhits.txt or whatever. And um, we fuzz that on a target and then we say, okay, uh, it took this much time. Uh, there's this many hits and uh, this many, you know, uh, yeah, th- I guess this many entries in the thing. So you can say, okay, you know, my percent, my success rate on this specific word list is X percent. Uh, and then, but, but you're probably not breaking it down further than that and saying, okay, well, let me no, take no, the no, 6% no, no. that hit. No. Okay. Because that's just, eventually, it gets a little bit crazy. Cause then if, at that eventually, point, you'd have eventually, to actually have a database. Yeah. Well, yeah. eventually you do from a standpoint of, okay, you know what was in contained in the file, you know what your hits were, you know, which like, so you could filter right. down and say, okay, oh, just yeah. give me just that's the true. hits that have happened and put it in. Right. Mm-hmm. You, it's more of making sure that you're not going completely out of bounds. Okay, did that file run in 20 seconds? Okay, I'm fine because like, it's, it's just the initial mm-hmm. stage. I don't want it to be. Um, I don't want it to be, mm-hmm. a, be a hog. But as you go through um, my process, I'm bolting on and adding new stuff, and I'm building word lists on the fly dynamically based upon what's been. Mm-hmm. Um, so. What words are in the domain? Okay, those need to be fuzzed. They need to be fuzzed in a certain pattern. Mm-hmm. And what you know, words, you know, XML link finder find out that are say, hey, these are relevant mm-hmm. to the target. Okay, those need to put in some type of um, recipe ingredient combination that can then go into be fuzzed, mm-hmm. right? So, you mm-hmm. know, 
let's say you're going through and you see an outlier and all of a sudden that, okay, there, you found this one step of your process where, you know, all of a sudden there were 5 million keywords that were like, whoa, wait, what happened here, right? Now you're able to go in and opt that from an optimization standpoint, say, okay, what specifically occurred here? Because that's messed up. I don't ever want that to happen. Um, Right. Or you can, or right. you can say, "Hey, this this particular key, you know recipe in my keyword um, is working really well." Okay, how can I find other variants of that that I can then add in? So, oh, is it it's V two mm. word internal? I don't know what it. Okay, well now let's let's uh, let's go in and find V three, four, five, one. Dude, and, that's so that's so data driven. I love that because it's yeah. like one of the things that I often do is I, I I'll. I'll get excited about that and I'll get all the data and I'll get it in a database and I'll be like, all right, I got all the data, you know? <laughs> and, then, right. and then I won't even necessarily go back and be like, okay, well, what, what paths really have been performing well across this whole, you know, this whole target and what can I extrapolate from that? It's all about extrapolation in these sort of contexts too. It's like looking at your, the things that you've done that have succeeded and saying, Hey, why did these succeed? And how can I, how can I replicate that? Um, right. and, and actually I, I, I mentioned, you know, a couple of times on the pod before that I was really into recon back in the day. And, um, I, I implemented, uh, something similar to this, uh, where I would, you know, even just parsing the words from, the the domain name not nothing else just the domain name and using those words to enumerate other domain names and and this whole concept that we were talking about uh, uh off air uh, of recipes and and uh ingredients and that sort of thing and that, man i was blown away by the results man there, there's just a ton of stuff you you'll you'll miss because it's not in security trails it's not in you know any of this other stuff um and but it is there when you start mixing you know mixing and matching all these words together so two questions with that. Um, one, how do you get your ingredients? Um, you mentioned that you're using words related to the target. You know, you're pulling it from various tools. Um, let's say you've got a domain. It's all words just smushed together. How do you tell where the word starts and begins? Okay. Well, so um, one is mm. that... Um, Data science is used for probability. It's not to get 100%. Mm. So if, let's say, right. there's a domain that is like 36 characters long and there's no dashes and dots, okay, that's mm. a one-off. How many other domains are you ever going to see that like that again? So just stay washed. Yeah, hey, rare. let that one go. It's not worth my time to find that. Um, mm. So, yeah, so I break down I break down um, the domains, uh, subdomains. So actually, let's start back. We've got all of our different data repositories that we're pulling from. All that information comes mm -hmm. in. All right. You have mm -hmm. ones that resolve, ones that don't resolve. Just because they don't resolve doesn't mean they don't have value. Make sure you store. Something resolved in resolve. the past, you know. It could yeah, have. Exactly. You don't know. It can resolve yeah. in the future. So It could resolve sure on the back end, you know. <laughs> yeah. Still, yes. You know, you can still, still keep trying to resolve it over the next 30 days or so or whatever, right? Okay. So... Now you got this information, right? Um, and what you start looking for is frequency, right? Frequency of words. Mm. So you break it down. So let's do um, a quick example. You got, I don't know, 10,000 subdomains. You break it down by mm -hmm. the dashes and dots. Uh, and um, sometimes you leave the dashes together, whatever. And then you do a frequency. Mm -hmm. Do a frequency of what is showing up. So you're going to see API, you can see admin, you can see internal, you can see blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, right? And what you're going to realize is, yeah. yeah, 
So as you go through and said, so let's say you take the top, you know, a hundred words, or anything you say, okay, where does this fall into? Okay, this is related to API. Okay, so this is an API ingredient. So API, API one, mm -hmm. YQL, mm -hmm. blah blah blah. Those are all. And you're manually doing this. You, you have to, right? You, I mean, there has to be yeah. some type of in the beginning for sure. And yeah, yeah, I mean, so so you're grouping, and you'll and you'll find that. Um, there, there's not crazy amounts of, you might get in like the specifics of, you know, there might be a, a particular company that puts their co-location in the mix, right? Um, and right, right. Yeah, I mean, and so the nuance of that and being able to go through and understand, but you, you put together a list of ingredients, a word list of each ingredient as you go through and, you, and the word list will to tell you what the ingredients are based on the frequency of what's been shown up in the, in the past. All right. So now you've got the ingredients. So now build a, a loop that says that replaces those words in your 10,000 domains with the ingredient name. All right. And then now you start, okay, resummarize that up. And then now you're starting to see, okay. And oh, and if, and if there's, and if at the end, if there's, you haven't um, fully identified all the things, just have it insert a generic word. Like this word goes here, right? So that way you can then start summarizing up and then say, okay, what are my recipes? All right. So it's, you know, API, you know, internal, some word. Version number, uh, word. Yeah, environment. Integer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> blah blah blah. Right. And you'll say, oh, there's there's my there here here's here are 20 recipes that may be specific to that program, may, may be very generic for all programs. I mean it depends on what you start with, right? Wow. And and so now yeah. so and, if, and you you see this a lot with with stuff that with a lot of across a lot of companies, and you'll also see stuff like um like uh, AWS uh, region and and you know, like you mentioned, you know, prod QA that sort of thing all over the place. And yeah, these could be relevant specifically to the company, or these could be across all all companies. It's just a human thing. Um, so correlating those as well, that's that's great. So you've got your ingredients, you've broken those down by the dots and the dashes. Um, haven't done any word splitting, uh, just mostly done done it that way. And then you've got you've you've identified and you've grouped your words. So you said, okay, API word would be API one, API two, you know, that sort of thing. Or, or like, uh, maybe it's like backend API, back API, you know, so something like that. And then you've got those sort of groups and then you do all of the combinations of all of them, resolve all of them. And then that tells you, I mean, obviously you, you'll definitely identify some of the uh, additional hosts that, that you didn't have uh, that were based off of those patterns. Um, but I'm wondering what other, other takeaways as well you have, you have from that where you can say, okay, uh, this specific word is particularly high frequency or high performing. How can I replicate this success elsewhere? Yeah. So I, I use, are you talking about like using that same methodology in like uh, content discovery? Yeah, well, well, absolutely. There, there's definitely there's definitely that piece, and and, mm -hmm. and so you've got you've got um you've got a list of ingredients and recipes, and you mm -hmm. you've hit, you've enumerated a bunch of subdomains, and now um we're we're going an extra layer down, and so you're using this as well for content discovery, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So let's, go, let's talk about content discovery, right? Okay, so um, let's say mm -hmm. 
Uh, all right, so, so you're in you're in your fuzzing stage, right? And not mentioned like there's thirty mm, processes mm, in mine, and that this is a number. I don't know exactly mm. how many they are. All right, but so it goes down. So now we're going to start looking for words that are relevant because relevant is a very important aspect of uh, finding content. Let's take whatever's relevant. All right, so we know that the domain words are relevant because it provides information. You're going to find three-letter acronyms. You're going to find products. Mm. You're going to find mm. things of that nature that are listed in there. All right. So now through your history, if you have it, so now you've got, you've got years worth of fuzz history that you've now captured over time, right? And kind of say, okay, mm. what what are what are what are some of the paths that you commonly see whenever um, a uh, you know a the word is listed in domain. How does it? How does it apply to like finding ah. APIs, right? So you take a look at it. And you're like, okay, it, it, I've noticed now that it takes a word from the domain, all right, and I do domain dash API dash swagger dot JSON. Right, 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 right. And so you start adding in and start playing around with, okay, how how do I take the information that I have, and then how do I then apply it extremely relevant and abbreviated so it's quick Dude, but highly I, I love this so then there's an extra layer of this here okay so now now we say okay what do i know about domains that have this recipe or what do i know about domains that have an api group keyword in it and then you you can cross reference because yeah. some other host has some weird you know get all urls uh, or way back you know entry on a different domain, and it's not even the same API, you know, string, but it's in the same API group. And so you take, you know, but because you're correlating it with the API group directly, you're grabbing that string, that path, and you're trying it on this totally other host, the totally different other host, because yeah. you've drawn the 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 connection between those right. groups. Wow, dude, this is this is this is crazy. <laughs> so now let's talk about. You know, Go to the next level, and this this is something I recommend oh. for the automationists and <laughs> take it the to the next level from there. Okay, all right. right. I'm listening, John. Let's go. <laughs> all right. So, so there is there is this need to always look for new keywords, right? <clears throat> and mm. grow your list mm. and validate. So when we when we start, right, we're given a, a keyword list that we download from SecOps, right? Or we I can say Jay Haddix because yeah. I think he's amazing. I'm like, the mm. all dot text, right? Mm. Whenever I first started, the most frustrating thing is that there was no context, right? Every word was of equal weight when I know that mm -hmm. some words are much mm -hmm. more, more valuable than others. All right. Yeah. So let's, let's take a, let's take a sample where, okay. Over time we have now, if we're doing a bunch of, well, so let's, let's, let's say you get 10,000 domains, but you know, get 10,000 domains. Some you're interested in, some are, some you're not. Doesn't matter. Okay, still throw them in there, right? And take whatever word list you got, and create um, some loop process, bash processes. Basically, say, okay, I want you to take the first thousand of that list, and I want you to fuzz these ten thousand domains, and I want you to dump the results. And then I want you to go back and get the next thousand, and then the next thousand, and the next thousand, and the next thousand, and you're just dumping. Dumping the results, dumping the results, dumping the results, right? Now, now you've got something that provides you with some, what are my hit rates for each one of those words, right? Now I, I took a list of 2 million, right? And now I've scrubbed out and now I've got, you know, 
these with, you know, a thousand hits and I've got these with two hits, right? You now start to build weight. Mm, mm. And then whenever you start taking a look at weight and then you can say, okay, you did that first, you know, 2 million that you got from SecOps. Maybe you go get a bunch of stuff from asset notes that comes in, which continually feeding mm. this machine. That's just, okay. Dedupe. Have I ever, have I ever fuzzed this before? Yes or no? Okay, no, I haven't. Okay, let's toss mm. it in. And it's just grinding in the background. Just set up a server that does nothing but this, right? And then put a reminder on your calendar so you can put in another, you know, two million or whatever, right? Or, or, or you're finding like some patterns or whatever. And you're like, okay, let's see what happens if I do config v2, right? And it put, and then mm-hmm. do every iteration of that. It just sits and runs in the background on, you know, and then you just occasionally go in and it's like, oh, this is interesting. This is something that has a high relative rate. I need to start looking into this more and then yeah. starting adding that into. So if I can, before I start adding new keywords into my production files, I want to I want to know that they're relevant, right? I just don't want to throw fudge at the wall and see what sticks. I do that outside. I want to protect my core wow. process. And then that's great. So then we're waiting. We're waiting at that level too, and wow, this is this is just you know I knew that your process here was pretty in depth. This is a lot <laughs> deeper than I than I thought actually. So so I, I'm I'm very impressed. And um, there's I'm sure there's uh, so much more we could dive into with regards to like where you're getting all of these these data sources um, and uh, you know how how you're actually going that deep to to you know correlate all these um but i want i want to i want to do two things one i want to um emphasize what you said just a moment ago which was you went through and you categorized what words belong to what conceptual group and i think this is something that a lot of hackers would have a little bit of a stigma against because it's like i'm gonna go through here and i'm gonna manually say okay this belongs to this group this belongs to this group this belongs to this group and you it's a manual process, especially automationists in general don't love uh, you know manual processes. But that specific thing that you did requires a human brain, and it requires you to be able to look at it and say, oh, this is you know, and sort of empathize with the developer and say that's that's what they were thinking when they when they did this or this these two ideas are drawn together by nature of you know how words work and that sort of thing. Um, and so using that extra little bit of human touch, I think, is, a, is an extra step that a lot of people don't go and is really necessary in the data science world, that, that whole categorization piece, right? Um, uh, that, that's very cool. Is there any other scenarios like that that you could, you could um, explain to us? And then, and then we'll talk about data sources and where you're getting, um, you know, like security trails and that sort of thing. As far as like manual classification, um... Yeah. I'm, I mean, there's, oh, I mean, it's so built into my processes. I, I'm trying to think. Yeah. I, there's there's so many manual things that I do, right? I mean, you can't automate everything. Yeah. You want to be able to look at at, at this stuff, um, especially Let, asking talk, talk to me about your manual processes then. This this will be great because, you know, someone who does lean a lot into automation, I want to know what you do manually. Yeah, so my manual stuff is, now that I've got a system that collects all the data, I ask mm-hmm. questions, right? And the main stuff is mm-hmm. investigating, like, I know what I'm monitoring, but what else should I be monitoring? What else can I find? So if I can, if I can spot a uh, trend um, with, like, um, you know, 
some type of directory structure, right? That has a decent hit rate. Okay, let me come up with a way to create a hundred thousand variants of that. Just run it through and mm. see if I get any hits. Make it to the production. Mm. Hell, and I might find four bugs while I'm doing that, just in the discovery process, right? That's a that's manual. Right. Um, the, the process is doing what it's that's doing, great. but the so concept of Let's take that example really quick and, and say, okay, walk me through that. So for you, what what that looks like is I'm going to my my I'm logging into my server and I'm saying, hey, what has, what paths have the highest hit rate? Yeah, so, so yeah, I mean, you can you can kind of go through that, but you know, as you're going through data, you, you'll see stuff that sticks out. Like you'll see, um, you know, if you're doing like API, all of a sudden you start seeing with all this crawl and whatnot. You're starting to see swaggers with variables on it. Well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Right? How many other swaggers mm. do I have with variables do I have on it? Oh, right. Do, can I hit it without the variable? I, well, I can't. Mm. Okay, so how many swaggers am I missing? Okay, and so, so you, it leads you down a path. It's like, okay, well, sh- shit, I need to figure out what variables I do. Okay, can I go to big yeah. data query? Can I go to asset node? Can I find examples of this in any type of live right? What, what am I? What are some examples? Okay, it's group one, group two. Okay, that, that's a, that's a trend. Okay, so let me do mm. you know a bunch of different tests, and, and that's going to go out <laughs> against all those domains and see if I can pick up something like something that I missed, or or, or pick up on something that is is being left out. Maybe maybe it's like oh man, here what, my variable value should be part of the you know the word list that gets dumped out from XML link finder. Okay. Mm. Oh, what if I add that mm. in, right? And or mm. you know so the manual process is getting in there, getting your hands dirty and asking the questions and being able to pull out the data, right? You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And you got to that's where most of my manual aspect is is and, from. And, is and like for that are you are you are you mostly like looking at do you have, are you picking a random host and being like, okay, what is this? What questions can I ask about this host? Or are you looking yeah. at the data from an overall perspective and saying, okay, this host has, um, you know, a 12% higher hit rate than other hosts. So I'm going to look at this one, or maybe I'm going to look at the one that doesn't have a very high hit rate because something's weird there. Or how, how do you, how do you, how do you decide? Yeah. So, yes. So, so actually what, what happens, so most of those hit rate stuff, for the most part, is going to be more operational. Make sure I stay within line. I'm mm. not going outside. My target is four minutes, five mm. minutes at max on a on a. If I can get through three three thousand uh, targets on one server a day, fantastic, right? Mm. That's the mm. dialed into that, right? So mm. what happens mm. for me is I go through all this automation process. Blah 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 blah. We'll talk about the conversion funnel, but anyway, the output of the conversion mm. funnel at the very end is a, is is a is a log file for me. Um, that uh, that basically has said what it's discovered. The endpoints, it tells me um, whether what method was used, get push, pull, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it tells me, um, or get post, get pull, get post, patch, mm. put. Ah, okay, uh, yeah. I see, I see, I see, yes. <laughs> right. um, what method was used, um, what, what stage of the process it found. So if it's a 403 on a crawl, that's going to be more interesting to me than a 403 on a fuzz because it's much more relevant. Mm. Right. So now I, now yeah. I have a little bit of information that, okay, if I'm going to spend some time doing 403 bypass, I'm going to do it on the crawl versus, you know, so I'm going to weight that accordingly. Right. And then, and then I'm Very looking cool. at all the endpoints, right? I'm looking at all the endpoints and I'll see something that I had not expected to see. 
something that comes out of like interesting. I've never seen this before. Or if I am diving, like um, is it host? It's interesting, and I'm diving in, and I'm you know crawling it, and I'm you know messing around with burp, and I find something interesting on that. I'm like, oh, hey, I need to look at this. I have all the, excuse me, I have all the data historically stored. Now I can then, now that identified as a question that needs to be asked, let me go answer that question with the data that I've put in. Wow, man, I, the, the the breadth of it all is is a little overwhelming to me as somebody who doesn't really do data science on, on all this. So, like, right. then you know, you you, you get this does, question. Does that make sense? Because I want to make sure. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Because I want to make sure that that yeah. point gets through. No, it, it it does. So you know, you're looking at a specific coast. You're saying, okay, yeah. uh, I'm waiting things like like crawling versus uh, you know hitting various mm -hmm. paths. I'm 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 hitting. I'm waiting source probably um, status codes and mm -hmm. and waiting. Um, you know, all, all these different attributes of the domain method used, you know, get, get post put, whatever. Um, and, and then, you know, you're looking at the interesting things from there. Um, that, that all makes sense. And then you find something interesting, you know, through manually looking through it at the end of the day, you've actually got to do the hacking, right? You've got to yeah. read and you've got to put mm -hmm. together the attack vector in your brain. Um, and then, you know, there's this, and you're looking at all this in the log file. Um, and so, you know, then you go back to ask the data a question about X, Y, Z thing. And, yes. and I guess I imagine this doesn't take a normal shape, right? And this is the sort of the thing that's a little bit hard for me to wrap my head around. Okay. Um, but, you know, you, you've got some, something like, hey, uh, where do I see 403s or something like that? Should I pay attention to 403s on this specific endpoint? How, I mean, are you just running a grep across all of your, you know, 100 terabytes of files to try to get data on that question? Or, or what kind of common forms does this ask the data a question take? Sure. So I was using like a standpoint of I've like with a swagger that has a variable that gets a 200. Mm. And without, yeah, perfect. Let's without go back to the that. variable, yeah. I'm not getting anything. I'm like, okay, mm. that's something, right? That is mm. a mm. something that Absolutely. I need to be aware of, all right? One, let me go back and see if I've ever seen a variable on a Swagger before. And, then, and if I have, what's the frequency? Mm. Okay, I haven't, okay. What if mm. now I then create a test fuzz that does nothing but fuzz for um, different variables? right values and see if I can get mm -hmm. in on all this, right? I've learned this. I've mm. learned that this is now a new way to extract data. How can that I apply it to all the data that I have that's very relevant, right? Mm -hmm. How do I do that? So now now and then I'm like, okay, we extract all the, the whatever swagger.json's and then okay, I'm gonna put mm. together and craft a specific test that I can measure and say, okay, I'm gonna put in 50,000 variable names and run this through. Am I getting hits? Oh, dang, it hit on two. Okay, it might not be a vulnerability. But now in my head, I'm like, okay, I need to be aware of this and I need to be able to then um, update my processes to at least take into consideration. And then if it's a new it's a new segment in, okay, now I'm starting to measure that. Okay, how much time am I spending on this? What's my hit rate for this new test that I've created that is about this one specific thing? 
Wow. Okay. It's, <laughs> you've said all of that in different parts. Now the picture is getting much clearer. So, okay. so you're at, you're, you're saying, okay, I've got variables on the Swagger file. I'm going to scan across all these things to see where have I ever seen variables on a Swagger file before. Yeah. And, and you're updating your process to maybe even wait that higher in the future and say, okay, you know, if I've got, if I've got something like a Swagger file and then that's X, X, Y, Z waiting, uh, rating. Mm -hmm. And then if it has variables, oh, that's a little bit more interesting because I'm, I'm getting more deep. But it, getting it, more also tells, it also tells you how complete of an assessment you're, you're doing. Right. And so leave your mm. existing, leave your existing, uh, program going, don't modify it and keep it going. It's, it's all mm. about testing, right? You're all about trying to test and find new winners. So you put together a mm. hypothetical test. You're saying, okay, Let's see if I do this, right? And I started with you know ten thousand, uh, ten thousand different variable names in my test. I only got a hit on you know five, and it was always group one, group two, group three, group four. Okay, well that mm. may be an industry yeah. standard as just group. So all I need to do is those ten names and put it into the into the uh, into the process, and now I got coverage, right? I got a process that takes one second to run. And, you know, it's going to find incrementally more than I did the day before. Wow. That's pretty lit, dude. And, and, and I think <laughs> reintegrating all of that too is really, is really, uh, it's a challenge from a programming perspective. And one of the things I didn't love about being an automationist back in the day was this, uh, you know, this concept of I'm spending so much time programming and it mm -hmm. results in cool bugs. Uh, but I, I like to spend more time, you know, staring at other people's code and wondering how to yeah. break it than writing my own crappy code that's going to break. <laughs> right, um, right, right. And, no, it's a headache. So it's a that, headache and whatever. Yeah, and most of them, you know, a lot. Of, I would say actually, this month, majority of my time has been trying to tinker around and get my server that one of my servers that broke back yeah. up and running. Right, and that's a pain. But whenever it does run, it right, is. I sit down and in the four hours pull out eight bugs. Okay, great. So now if I can do that every single day, but I just got to get it back. And thank goodness for AI, because oh my gosh, yeah. I mean the the yeah. for me to sit down and code, that's a pain. But now with AI. Shoot, just uh, I need this, this, and this. Thank you very much. Copy paste. And that that's amazing. And I, I want to hear about. So obviously, you're using it from a coding perspective. Um, and I, I hate to even ask this question because we normally try to stay away from like what programming language are you using, you know, sort of questions. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, what what are you what are you doing with all this? Because this is, I mean, if you're doing all this in like Bash, then it's going to be insane to maintain. It is is bad. I mean, it is all in Bash, but it's all like. Um, <laughs> Dude, you're a beast, man! I don't no, no, understand no, no. how you do this. <laughs> well, so it's it's workflow type of thing, right? And in and in Bash, and you know, I just basically, you know, if then, okay, did it pass this step? If then, it's if then steps all the way through. Yeah. Right? Something come out, okay, then 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 then. Simple, simple, simple. You only focus on one small segment each time, right? You've got it. Um, yeah, compartmentalized. Right. That, that very, makes sense. very compartmentalized. Yeah. And if somebody would look at my code and like, you are nuts. You're not a program. I'm like, you're absolutely <laughs> right. I'm not a program, but it works. And this is how I've got it done, right? I was able to do it. Wow, it, dude. it goes. So, um, but yeah, so uh, 
Bash is a very simple scripting language, and that's very easy yeah. for me to understand. If I get into some type of object-oriented, I'm going to be just lost. Um, it's, it's just not... Wow, dude. That's legendary. They, they, And I think it probably really speaks to the organization of the system as well, um, You know, having it compartmentalized out to different pieces. Um, so that, that's really cool. I want to go towards the... Um, the uh, working backwards from a vuln and learning how to do that, and then uh, but before that, I want to talk about source uh, uh, your data sources. So you mentioned before, you know, you're hitting, you've got these various uh, curated lists that you've got. You mentioned a crawler, you mentioned um, security trails. Any other data sources you want to kind of shout out and share with the people? Yeah. Um, so you know, so it, whenever you're talking about paid sources, security trails seems to be mm. Um, mm. top spot. Um, yeah. I think that I, I do, um, yeah, maybe I'm just going off. Whenever you start taking a look at all the different sources you can get from, you know, Zoomai to Shodan to um, Binary Edge, mm. right? I've, t I've tested them all mm. um, and uh, mm. I've integrated them all. Um, some I've cut. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm doing all that. So those are, those are the data sets. Some are free, some are not, right? Mm -hmm. So let's go back to the, so when we were talking about this, let's talk about, you know, how to incorporate scope management and this whole data management or data science thing, right? I prioritize, um, so I have a scope management um, tool, uh, which is basically flat file that has um, program, subdomain, or CDIR, blah, 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 whatever the target type where target is, um, is it in scope? What's the platform? What processes I need to include or not? Okay, if, if Recon's one of those, those uh, processes or for pulling data, I can assign it a value of one through whatever. And one is daily or multiple times a day. Two is, you know, I can stage it. So I'm using data science also to tell me what the frequency in which I should pull from these locations. So then I'm not wasting money on... <laughs> I know it's overkill at times, that, but um, that's crazy. It is a little well, overengineered. I'm not going to lie, though. but it's very efficient. It is, man. It, it is, and, and querying an API all the time is going to cost up cost a ton, especially if you're going for these paid data sources. Yeah. So I mean, I, I, you know, between data and servers, you know, I'm pushing close to fifteen hundred dollars a month. Right? That's a mortgage payment. Wow. I was going to ask that. Yeah, fifteen hundred dollars a month. I mean, and, and and that doesn't, you know, a lot of people would wince at that. I know friends that are in this community that are like, ah, oh, ten dollars a month for a server. I'm like, come on. But um, <laughs> having this whole access right. to this whole data service is, One bug. is One massively bug advantageous. It, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And and the other thing with this too, uh, from the automation side, is like uh, we've been talking with people on the podcast lately about the sort of trade off that we've seen over the past couple of years of less people focusing on recon and more people focusing on sort of uh, diving deep and knowing the application. Yeah. Not that those are mutually exclusive, but the one thing that I miss about uh, automation stuff is like, and I think the to be honest, for me, the money sort of evened out either way. But the, the one thing that I miss about the automation is like, ah, I'm going to, you know, like you mentioned, wake up in the morning, get my cup of coffee, sit down, and then it's, it's all doing it. And if I go to the golf course, then it's still working for me and yeah, I don't have to stress like, oh, I'm not looking for bugs right now. Exactly. You know, so I, I do think while there is stressors of like keeping your servers up, keeping your code maintained, 
there's a lot of relief that comes as well from knowing that something's constantly working, something efficient, something that you've yeah. built is constantly working in your favor. So that's definitely something to be considered for the people that are looking to have a little bit more of a relaxed lifestyle, kind of like you mentioned, of like pre-retirement sort of vibes. <laughs> um, that could definitely be a great solution. So, yeah, if I put a little commentary to that is that uh, I will say this, mm. like whenever I was going crazy deep dive and doing the things that mm. I was doing, mm. that was so much that was rewarded so much more, right? That, now, yeah, I lost years of my life doing that. <laughs> so there was a price yeah, to pay for I'm that. I'm sure you did. <laughs> um, but um, you know, hands down, that was that was much, much, much more profitable. And, and I've decided to go this way because I needed to reinvent my relationship with Bug Bounty. I needed to chill out. I needed to get to an, another stage of life. Mm -hmm. So I've gone this automation-ish route uh, that identifies mm -hmm. probably it's not going to find bugs per se. It's going to find the opportunities to find bugs. Um, mm. And to the point of that, um, and you may have a little bit of this, Justin, is that I love to create, mm. right? I love creating mm. things. And hacking is destroying. <laughs> Automation is creating. So a lot <laughs> of us kind of, hey, I want to build something. And I have. Hacking because is destroying. Yeah. It is destroyed. Because, because here's the thing, right? You find, you find a bug. You submit it. What residual value does it have? It's done. It's gone. I've, it's there's gone. Nothing, there's nothing else that, like, Will re there's no more return. It's not like an annuity, and then like you know, every year you're gonna get paid an additional yeah. incremental value of it. No, it's done. So um, you know, investing into something that helps you out, and you know, I don't know, maybe it's just make the just to make me feel good. I don't know, but I enjoy nah, tinkering, I, and, and I, obviously I, I totally... I'm nuts about this data stuff. Mm. So. Yeah, that's that's very clear. Not gonna lie, John. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Um, uh, great. So we covered we covered the um, we covered the the data sources a little bit. You know, uh, clearly you're not shying away from paying for data sources. Mm, you're no. clearly trying to get a lot of coverage. Um, yeah. You know, pulling from lots of different places and then sort of uh, determining what is the best frequency um, to do with that. Uh, and, and then so bringing it back around to the. How do we how do we identify the source for our our vulnerability? Um, can, can you tell me a bit about bit about that system? So you you know you you've let's say you've just found a vulnerability. How are you working back and and letting that inform what automation stuff you'll do in the future? Yeah. Okay. So I get a vulnerability. That's another. All right. Mm. Uh, first mm. thing. First thing is it a duplicate or is it is it new? It's a new one. It's a new one. Okay. I like this though. Yeah. This is good. Right. Because it's a duplicate. I'm like, uh -huh. shit. Why was I not the first? Right. Right. So it's a, it's a new one. Okay. I go through, right? So I trace, trace through. I see, okay, how my content discovery worked. What did it find whenever I compared to what did I do to, to actually discover the bug? Right. So mm -hmm. it may have alerted me that, hey, there's, you need to look at this. And then I dive into it and, and, and I'm like, oh, I'm putting this piece with this piece and then fully formulating what the bug is. But then I ask, okay, is that something that could be added or was this just something that I just need to make sure that I test whenever I, you know, this is something that was a one-off. So yeah. that's feedback there. Then I go back and I say, okay, uh, when did it enter my content and how long after, how long did it take? from discovery and resolution 
to it to get to content. So I'm taking a look at the time differential. Like, was my queue too long? Was my queue, you know, it took five hours? Or like, or do I need to spin up another server to clear out that queue up, right? So I'm looking at the time. Mm -hmm. um, then I'm looking all the way back and saying, okay, um, what was my data source, right? Um, and that's going to be it, like security trails, showdown, exactly. you know, CIDR even, ranges. Yeah, even, and I've got Bbot and Emas running on their separate servers, right? They're doing their own thing. Um, I'm not doing the brute forcing right now because I just got so much. Whenever I do run, I got so many targets yeah. coming in until sure. it, it works. I just don't have, I'm choking. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, so then you know, I trace back through and all the way back. Okay, it came from security trails. Okay, whenever it, whenever it was brought, what time did of day did I find it? Did I find it in the morning? Did I find it midday? Did I find it in the afternoon? Did it resolve the first time? Did it like sometimes I, I find that I get a file and it takes it's not till the second day before it resolves and gets to my system. I'm like, okay, what happened there? Was that an operational issue? Was it down? Right. Um, so I'm trying to time crunch down. Uh, and find the areas that, okay, where are the gaps? Because I don't want to be second. Do you have like a specific timeline that you want to see there? Like I want to see, okay, it made it through my whole pipeline in one day and I found the vuln and that's that's the the happy path. Is that, I mean, yeah. what kind of metrics do you have for that? So, so basically my goal is within 18 hours of discovery that it's in, it's in my output. <laughs> That's right? great, man. That, that's and, awesome. And, and I love and how you have a specific number on the top of your head. <laughs> and that varies because that's on that's on a Monday. A Saturday and Sunday are going to be completely different because your number of targets is going to be different. And, and, and holidays, holiday weeks, they're different. So all those things mm. taken, like you can see. Now, I, I, I look for those things because when we were doing advertising, I mean, we had to you know, know that viewing habits are going to be different on the weekends or, or on mm. a... a you know, a holiday, right? But same thing with work productivity and releasing new assets. The same thing, you know, your your dev teams are they're going to adjust schedules based upon the upcoming holidays. So you Absolutely. know, you know, the upcoming you know weekly into a holiday, it's going to be lightweight, and not to mm, be you not know, mm. weekends. Same thing, you're going to see less stuff come up. So yeah. That, that makes sense. So, so just to summarize that, because all of these processes get, get pretty intense, you're, you're, you found your vulnerability, it's new, you're going back, you're looking at how long it takes to go through your pipeline to get to the point where it's like, hey, uh, John, this is something you should look at, you know, that sort of thing. You're trying to figure out what's happening there. And then are you, do you have data on like, hey, you know, 90% of my vulnerabilities are coming from, you know, uh, SI or SI, CIDR scans on this target, like maybe that's something I should over lever, you know, spend more time looking into. Do you ha have you done that sort of thing before? Yeah, Is that something I, you do, do that. on a regular basis? I mean, I, yeah, I do a one off. I mean, it's not like I got a, mm. you know, hundred bugs that I'm like all of a sudden looking through and, and find it. But yeah, I do see. Right. Like, I mean, I like the indicators of like, hey, what's my hit rate for a CIDR? What I mean, how many how many in target? Mm. How many IPs do I scan? Is it really can I prioritize do accordingly? Do you so? You, I guess in order to do that, you you'd have to log 
all of that as well and say, okay, yeah, you know, is there some thing you have that says, okay, I found a vulnerability on this endpoint and it's associated with this asset and it's associated with this path and this data source and this sort of thing. So you, do you have like a, like a database or a file that's full of that information? Uh, no, I should. You think I would. I don't have that. I mean, um, because mm. usually I do it a one-off. Or you talk about a manual thing, that's what I'm going to manually go through, right? I, I know the indicators, gotcha. right? I, I, I'm mm. more, um, to be completely um, you know, managing end then mm. yes, you would have that. But I, I don't think we're, I'm at, I think that even goes to the, that's one level. Wow. <laughs> you identified a level before found, low. <laughs> you found the, I found the, the bottom. I found yeah, the endless, exactly. uh, the, the, <laughs> the bottom, bottom of the, of the data hole. science seat. <laughs> That's very cool, man. There's there's so many there's so many possibilities you can do with all that data too. So oh, then yeah, taking yeah, yeah. it that extra level and correlating like, okay, here's the vulnerability. What's the recipe for this vulnerability? Well, it's an API grouped, uh, um, you know, uh, subdomain uh, on a on a sh you know Shodan source domain uh, with a path that has. Yeah, uh, a word from the you know you are or from the domain name or something like that. Right. You know, even something like that would be able to just be like, oh man, that'd be mind-boggling to see all of the <laughs> the data you could pull out of there. I right. love that. Um, so I think you you covered it a little bit. Um, and uh, we talked about it briefly in the past, but um, I think this is a good transition into the 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 um digital marketing arena because I've got some questions about that as well. Mm -hmm. Um. How do you apply conversion funnels, the, the for conversion funnel that you mentioned before, to this this book bounty thing? Is that the thing you just described before, or is that something different? No, it, it is. It's kind of so in digital marketing and direct response marketing, in in a lot of operations, yeah. there is a measurement that's called a conversion funnel. Basically, you have X number mm. coming in, and you're you're whittling down to a certain endpoint. So. In bug bounty, right? You start with your total targets in, and you're going to do some filtering along the way, and you're going to do some processing, and then at the end, you hope that what comes out at the end is going to be what you're highly focused on or what you want to to gain, right? So in conversion funnels, mm, mm. we used to think about how many how many uh, impressions do we get? How many how many clicks did it lead to? How many form fields did it lead out to? How many customers did the lead do we monetize? What was, and then you go through and you plug all those converted mm -hmm. funnels all over the place and be able to say, okay, this is working, this is not, right? Same thing here. So in, in bug bounties, like all my assets in, right? And, and then we go through, did it resolve? Did it, you know, did, did they, you know, eventually ah. did, did I get to a bug, right? And you're looking yeah. at all the different sources. So, okay, you know, this particular source, um, is always the one that find you know if I'm finding something that it's always security trails. Okay, well that tells me something, right? Um, that security trail mm. funnel is important, or you know if it's a CIDR scan. Okay, which cloud is it coming from? Which you know is there a certain um, you know region that's more more valuable than others? Um, things of that nature. So you got conversion funnels all over the place, and you're filtering it down. Wow, that makes sense. That's awesome, yeah. man. So, so yeah, that that's a that's a technique that's borrowed from marketing from the digital marketing world, mm -hmm. and then we're applying this to assets in the scenario rather than users in a yeah. in a conversion funnel in a traditional sales conversion funnel, and say, okay, right. where along this funnel, all right, the user comes in, they land on the website, did they fill out the form? No. Okay, so there's some sort of fall off between. Mm -hmm. 
the user landing on the site and then filling out the form. And then, you know, in our scenario, there's an asset. What marketing recipe can I use on that group? (laughs) Right? Well, do I need to change the color to the button to be red or purple or green? Right? Like that's where marketing goes into. Marketing, man. Yeah. And in this scenario, it's, yeah, go ahead. Oh, is it marketing is, is another name for hacking. I mean, instead of hacking, Mm. I mean, it relates, hacking relates to computers, marketing relates to people, right? You're hacking people. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, go watch, go watch Social Dilemma, uh, and then put your mindset on of like, okay, hacking people, you get people to change Social their mind dilemma. without them knowing. Have you seen the movie yet? That I, ha- I have not seen it yet. That that seems fascinating. So I'm definitely gonna, yeah. I'm, def- I'm gonna have to check that out after this. Yeah, um, no. <laughs> all right. Let, let me let me get to. <laughs> we have so many things in this in this document here that I I need to pick your brain on. Um, so I, I guess we'll we'll switch over now towards the digital marketing er- area. Um, and, and we've sort of talked about, you know, we ca- talked about the content, uh, the concept of conversion funnels, you know, with people coming in versus assets coming in and that sort of thing. Um, I'm wondering if there's any tips that you have as a, as clearly an industry expert on digital marketing and that sort of thing. What kind of things do people need to know when they're looking at a digital marketing platform from an attacker perspective? Because there's a lot of um, lingo, uh, marketing concepts, that sort of thing. Um, what data is important? What data is not important? Um, that people need to understand for them to be able to have that sort of uh, subject matter expert uh, uh, approach to attacking a marketing platform. So, can you give us like, I know it's a lot because I know it, it, I'm asking you to just like condense your whole you know work history no. and and expertise in digital marketing into a thing. But what kind of things do we need to know where we're going to get the most value out of it? So the, the things you need to know uh, is like with hacking any target, right? You need to know the industry's ins and outs, the operations. You need to know mm. the terminology. You need to know what's um, mm. what's important to the users, what's important to the business, right? You, you need mm. to understand the ecosystem and how that works. Now, whenever you get into there, right, then you can start looking for things that are of high value uh, that might be disguised um, and um, I guess before I get to that point, I would like to make, make mm. uh, say is that with every ad platform, there is tons and tons and tons of documentation. There's a lot of mm. functionality from the point of ad, you know, content creation to delivery to bidding to the result sets. And there's a lot that goes on into that. So knowing all that, there's there's areas to f- functionality to, to, to take a look at. Now. Mm. By being by being somebody that has a knowledge of, hey, I was once a digital advertiser. I know what's important to me, right? And I, I kind of a, a subject matter expert, systems design, know how things should work, type thing. You combine those two, you take a step up and you start taking a look at these platforms, right? And mm. you you can kind of see some some areas that. Uh, that um, data shouldn't be at. <laughs> yeah, highly, yeah. highly no, sensitive. That that that, may, that makes sense. Sense. So I guess without, you know, we uh, we walk the line here on critical thinking quite often of like, give us your secret sauce and mm-hmm. tell us about all of these critical vulnerabilities you found on all of these companies that we don't. Sometimes sometimes we don't explicitly name. Sometimes we do explicitly name. You know, but a lot of times people know what we're talking about. Um, so I guess with that with that w- w- 
line in mind there. Um, what what kind of data in those sort of environments should people be looking to to leak, or what kind of data is important in that in those sort of applications? Yes, so all, in the, all the ads are getting published anyway, right? You know, that's right. one thing that I've struggled with. Obviously, you've got personal information of like the people you know that are, have accounts yeah, on the platforms, yeah, yeah. but like it's a highly public sort of concept, and somehow you've been able to extract a ton of money from these <laughs> these so, uh, so you know as, platforms. So, what data are you getting? So as a consumer, yeah, it's a very public thing, right? You're just being served mm, yeah. ads. But so as an advertiser, right, you're in direct competition with mm. every other advertiser, right? That real estate space mm. comes at a price and you're trying to get the mm. best real estate pace, uh, space for the lowest price, right? And it's mm. typically done through blind auction. There's some public au uh, uh, auctions out there now. The blind What is a auction, blind auction? Auction, sorry, that's my southern accent. Auction, A-U-C-T-I-N. No, no, well, <laughs> yeah, but what, what is a blind auction versus a, a not blind auction? So blind auction is whenever you're bidding on keywords, right? You're saying, I'm willing to spend $4.37 on this keyword. It's a whatever phrase match, blah, 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 for this demographic and sure, yada, 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 sure. right? Now, that's my bid. Now, if I'm a dollar over... Advertiser B, I'm paying way too much, right? Uh, There's a lot of efficiency, or the inefficiency is very profitable for these companies. Interesting. Right? And, right, because you're in competition, you're going to be like, okay, what is, if I'm Toyota, I'm like, what's Ford doing? Like, how are, mm -hmm. what is, what's, their, what's their strategy? How much are they How spending, much are they right? paying in yeah, the blind exactly. option? Yeah. What, what are they doing? Option. Right? Okay. I'm saying option. Auction. Yeah. That <laughs> uh, makes auction. sense. <laughs> All right. So, so there's a lot of there's a lot of data that goes around that that is highly sensitive whenever it's viewed from the standpoint of a customer or an advertiser's KPI. Interesting. So you, in those scenarios, you, you're kind of wanting to pull data on how much people are paying for advertising and how much money they're putting into specific keywords or specific phrases or specific ads within their that environment. Because and maybe the ad content, you know, I guess the ad content is important because you have to be able to know the keyword. But the ad content is going to get shown right. to the user anyway. What you're mostly looking to do is figure out how efficiently their ads are working and and what their spend is on those specific things. So you can butt right up to that a little bit, right? Yeah. Now, now, now I would say, I would say this caveat right now. If you were going to Yahoo, mm. now I'm looking there, you will find costs per, you know, bid or, you know, and that's because of mm. that's the section that's sort of leaking that information right now is a public auction. It's pub. So I'm saving mm. everybody the pain and agony of going, oh, I found ah. right now. So be careful on that. Okay, but there, are, there, are, there were times whenever it's a private uh, uh, blind auction, and you're able to strip, mm. and maybe able to find, um, you find some KPI data that shouldn't be in there, and um, whenever it is uh, an issue that is, um, I guess, persistent in the overall design of all your ad display operations, you then have a bug that gets rolled out everywhere. I see. I see. Okay. That, that makes, that makes a lot, a lot of sense. And I imagine also, maybe tell me if I'm on base or off base with this. I've done a little bit of digital marketing myself that being able to tell the contents of an ad before that ad runs, would that be, would that be something that, you know, has high impact to a, a, a marketer to say like, okay, you know, Ford is running an ad that says, you know, 
Toyota break down more than you know Fords or something like I don't, I don't know you okay. know something like that. <laughs> Having that information in advance, would that be valuable to Toyota? Or is that mostly just, ah, this is going to be public information anyway. It doesn't really quite matter. You know know what? I mean, you can make the case because let's say Mm. I'm going to put a blitz campaign on for the holidays, right? I don't want my competition Mm, to know mm, what my mm. marketing message is. Uh, This is part of my strategy, right? I don't know. They shouldn't know anything that I'm doing uh, and any... um, any hint that that destroys the efficiency of my, so yeah, I'd be mad as hell if that was the leak as an advertiser. Yeah. So interesting. Huh. Yeah, I think if you, I've got <laughs> some ad ad platforms that I, I put in the doc that I'm not going to mention explicitly, but uh, that I, I've got some stuff on that I need to go back and revisit. I think after this conversation, and maybe I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll hook you in. <laughs> there, there is. I mean, it, it, whenever you're talking about an advertiser, it's a cutthroat type of situation. I mean, there's a yeah. there's there's a lot of uh, uh, like spy foo. I remember using. I mean, you're you're trying to do anything and everything to find out mm-hmm. what your competitors' keywords. Are, what they're doing, what ads, what their performance was. We used all kind of data ag- aggregators to be able to, they were basically crawling and screenshotting and, and doing all that kind of stuff and providing reports. So it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's almost a competitive world. <laughs> and it's, so if you can a, find some information like that, yeah, no. Um, yeah. And then I would definitely spin it up as like, you know, your, your bread and butter, your industry, you make money from ad sales, right? And your core mm-hmm. moneymaker is the thing that is uh, at risk? No. Hi. Definitely. That's Ben. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see you. I need to just invite you in. Your bread and butter? Your bread and butter is on the line here? No. Hi. Hi. No, no, no. That's yeah. hi. End of story. <laughs> that's great, man. So one of the things, one of the things that's a part of your um, sort of hacker signature uh, uh, that I that I remember you from in the live hack events is this whole concept con- te- concept of a Moab, a mother yeah. of all bugs, right. um, that I've heard you talk about, and there was sort of a lot of chatter going around in the live hacking event scene when you were crushing it <laughs> about um, you know John having some sort of secret you know, weapon uh, of a bug, golden goose, you know, Moab, whatever right. you want to call it. Um, I'm wondering, you know, obviously in, in one or two life hacking events, you've had something like that that's just blown up and just you've right. found a ton of vulnerabilities mm. with it. Um, I'm wondering how how often you find stuff like this where it's like um, very systemic. You, you had some some criteria, uh, criteria here that you mentioned right. in the interview. You said no. No one else knows to look for it. It can be found on different host functionality endpoint, making it CSPI resistant, and it's a rating of higher critical impact. Right. That, that's yeah. what you've kind of defined. And, and can you talk to us a little bit about your experiences with those and how often you're finding them, what you're doing right. to find them? Yeah. So um, the, the one that we were alluding to earlier about finding, you know, particularly finding it that you, you find information or data that you can extract information mm. from in a place that it shouldn't be and it's everywhere, that is a Moab, right? That was the mm. key fundamental design issue that was persistent and it was everywhere, right? It was across, think about mm. every single mm. place that an advertisement was displayed. It's, that's a big bug. 
All right. So the uh, other ones, there's not, nothing that's been like a Moab like that before. It was just one issue and it was persistent everywhere. I've been able to get into like a system and then be able to do a string of mm. 30 bugs. That's, that's another. Sure, that's sure, another, sure. Another, that, that, not quite a Moab. I had a mini Moab, uh, a Mo- um, with, uh, doesn't the, quite, li- it doesn't quite meet the measurement for a Moab, it but it's a it mini didn't. Moab. <laughs> so in, um, in that, uh, 702 that 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 one um mm. my my first um um yeah. hacking event i stumbled upon uh the yql servers everybody knew was what they were at the time you had you could interact mm. with them you know, some queries for the most part but you didn't know exactly the basics well there was probably i don't know 30 servers i'm just making that up but i don't know what the exact sure, number is sure. let's say there was 30 of those servers right and, and mm. I found one of the servers that had an API document. It was the only one that had an API document. And that API document mm. gave me an endpoint that then could apply to all 30 of those other or 30 hosts. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that API document led to two mediums for each host. And then... <laughs> And then, because, because of the endpoints that it would then, you know, uh, continue to, to, to provide once you fully doubt the, the complete path, there was other opportunities like SSF all over the place. So then there was another couple bugs here and there. So the end, end of the day, right, you had one API document on one host that gave you enough information to pull 75, 80 bugs. I don't, I can't remember how many it was, but it was wow, from one endpoint, right? It rolled out. So it was something that applied to everything. Um, yeah. Right time, right place. Um, wow. Freaking, yeah. freaking Yahoo, man. Like <laughs> they rock for paying, for paying that sort of thing. And, and also for having those sort of phones, <laughs> yeah, uh, they, I guess it, it, in those sort of scenarios, I, I'm wondering, do you, do you automate, the report because it, it's like that's like 75 reports you got to write that that's going to take yeah. days just to write the it was, report it was simplify copy paste i mean it was simple i mean that was yeah. for, for the i mean it was copy paste copy paste and then i could and mm. refer to report blah 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 so it was simple right <clears throat> um, right right sure but as far as you know like automation like that was before um that was before nuclei right and it was before mm. fuff um, and so I would, I had, uh, in map and I'd, ha- I'd create an NSC file. Um, and then it would do my no vulnerabilities. No yeah. John, are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh so that was my, God. that was my nuclei no. scanner. <laughs> yeah. And I dumped it out. And, uh, <laughs> so Dude, I mean, that's like, that's like a really old way of doing it there. Yeah. But I mean, I didn't know any better. I, I mean, I don't, maybe there were tools available. I like, I really didn't. But, but yeah, it was like a, somehow I jumped onto the the <laughs> NSC map, and but that was 2016, right? There's wow. a lot more efficient ways that's, to do it today. That's nuts, man. I I just <laughs> I I love how we all just got trounced by uh, custom and maps <laughs> script in that scenario. <laughs> that's that makes me feel great. Thank you for that, John. But um, no, no, no. Honestly, it was really you found it, it, and so yeah, you, you could. So yeah, the, the results of that, um, the results of that life hacking event, um, 
definitely overqualified me. Because you see the one endpoint that led to that. Then there was this other little marketing, or no, sorry, not marketing, but uh, it was a weird metrics panel I've never seen before. It was at one end. Mm, analytics or metrics panel, yeah. Yeah, it was just, it was weird. And I've never seen it before or after. Uh, and it was for hot minutes mm. everywhere. Not, so that was another 15, 20 bucks. And then, you know, Larry and a couple of virtual hosts and you're done. And bang, I look like a rock star. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can say that again, dude. That, that was, that was crazy. So I guess, so in that scenario, YQL server hitting, finding an, an API endpoint on one of them that, or an API documentation on one of them that just applied to all of them and just sort of mass apply the principle, kind of like what you talked about. And then also being able to identify this metrics panel that you can spray across all of them. I think, I think it's clear, you know, your methodology is very, um, uh, I guess, distribution oriented as well. You know, hey, I'm going to take this thing. What can I apply? What else can I apply this to? Um, and do you have any specific tips for how to avoid dupes in this scenario? Because I feel like Yahoo's a great program for this. Um, you know, they pay them out each one. But some programs would say, ah, okay, you know, the, you know, whatever metrics panel, we're going to, we're going to, um, we're going to say that's, this is like a systemic problem. Dupe it all back to one. Have you, have you had those? And how, how yeah, does that, how do you avoid those scenarios normally? You, I can't avoid them. Um, uh, yeah. So, each program has its own personality. That's what you have to understand, mm -hmm. right? And, mm -hmm. and the personality is defined by the management team of that bug bounty program. Some are going to be, hey, mm. that's a unique change and um, we'll reward you accordingly. So you can have some that are much mm. more favorable for the researchers than others. And others are very protective of the business. They're like, no, that's it's the same issue. Mm. It's just applied differently. Yeah, I've I've had this I've had those I've had the situations on the end. It's a gut punch. It's an absolute gut punch, um, and mm. uh, yeah, you've got to be thick skinned about it. Um, but yeah, I don't have any way to unless unless you can kind of prove um, prove specifically that it's a unique fix on each. Um, I, yeah, I can go into some details and some. On, uh, the, on a on particular experience that I had, it was really rough, and you know, it's mm. it's been four mm. years, and and I, I still still have a little burn on it. And I'm a thick skinned guy, right? It doesn't get it, but that one, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was the same thing, right? It was like, nope, it's just this one fix. I'm like, mm, you think so? But I can't argue against you. You've you, you you've mentioned, you know a burnout that occurred and you mentioned sort of the, the ups and downs of, of bug bounty, like you're just talking about right now. Um, I guess as a more seasoned hunter that's been doing this for years, what do you think, wh what are some things you do to protect yourself nowadays from one burnout and two uh, disappointment? Because my wife always says to me, I always run, you know, whenever I find a, this is what I do, John, whenever <laughs> I find a vulnerability, I like, Oh, I found something. And then I get up and I run in the other room and I say, Hey, Mariah, you know, I found this $15,000 bone that does XYZ. And she's like, Did they pay it? And I'm like, No. And she's like, <laughs> it's not a $15,000 bowl, is it? You got to right. temper your expectations, Justin. You got to not count your eggs before they hatch because she's seen me go from, you know, way up here to go, boom, you know, down when it's like a dupe of a 
35k bug like i had earlier this last year um so do you have any any uh any advice on that or do you just ride the wave you know it's hard not to run into the other room and do a little victor dance i mean that's that yeah i mean that you're just bug hunting you there's a dopamine hit right i mean and it doesn't necessarily i mean sometimes it's the Mm. money sometimes it's just oh my god i just did this i never thought that but there's a dopamine hit from that, right? Yeah. That's like with any drug. Um, and that's the problem that I got into, right? I was chasing the high, chasing mm. the high, chasing the high, chasing the high. And mm. that's mm. a that's a wrong way to go. And it definitely earns to burn out. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so hard. Uh, I, I guess there was a saying that we always said, it's like, oh, that's just business, right? Don't take it personally. It's just business. Mm. Um, mm. and that's what I go back to eases the pain a little bit, but no, it's, it's still, it's still rough. It's still frustrating that second place is first loser. Mm. Mm. It's true. Especially <laughs> in, in, you know, dupe, dupe scenarios and stuff yeah. like that, where it's like, do you, you know, do, uh, do you do I dupe analysis? Do you go, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you, but do you do I'll, dupe analysis? No, no. Yeah, I do. It it, it it hurts a little bit, you know, to go back and say like, and it, and it kind of distracts me a little bit from the pain of the dupes too. You're like, all right, why did this get dupes? You know, like why, why am I getting duped on this? You know? And so you go back and you look and sometimes you can draw a correlation when you've got monitoring stuff in place and you can say, okay, you know, I didn't react to this alert fast enough, especially when it's the stuff that's real tight, you know, I duped by like a couple hours or something, but, um, you know, most of the time for me, it's like, okay, I spent some time looking at this specific thing and somebody, you know, beat me to it by a little bit. That's just how it is. That's, that's how the cards lie. But then when there's scenarios where it's like, ah, this bug has been open for six months and it's still not resolved. You know, that, that's a real hard sell for me to go back to that program. Like, (laughs) like I, I, and I tell, I tell them that in the report too. I'm like, Hey guys, I noticed that the report ID that I'm duped to on this one is over six months old. It's a crit. Why is this happening? You know? And, and I'll specifically request an explanation or some sort of, uh, you know, response for that because I feel like that's a little bit of a a violation of, of hacker trust in that scenario. Cause it's like, we are putting in our time for a results-based thing, right? And we provided you a result. We provided you with a vulnerability. And if you're, you can't protect our time with that by getting these resolved at a, at a, at a decent pace, then our ROI for this, you know, this program goes down substantially. Um, yeah, so that's, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at with dupe analysis. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I, to your point, like I always try to, you know, if I have some type of question, sometimes I know a dupe. Like I'm, I'm putting in the report, like this um, 100% yes. is a dupe. Um, but sometimes yeah. if I don't understand, or even if I know it's going to be a dupe, I like, how far am I behind? I'll ask for the report ID. I'm like, oh, yeah, 12 hours. I'm like, mm. eh, you know, let's see what yeah. happens here. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was trying to I imagine, think of I else. imagine definitely in the, yeah, please, please ask more questions. I love it when, yeah. when guests do that, uh, you know, especially in the scenarios when you're in an, in an automation flow, you know, I, I, I remember we talked about it on the episode with, uh, with Sean, Sean Yo from, um, from Asset Note, you know, there was a time where him and I were just going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth with these takeovers. And I was like, dang it, Sean's beating me. Yes, I'm beating Sean. Yes, dang it, Sean's beating, you know, it's just back and forth. And uh, it's a lot of fun, man. It's it's entertaining, but man, does it sting when you say, ah, oh, man, Sean made 
$10,000 today from uh, something that I could have done if I had just written my code a little bit better, you know? <laughs> right. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot, man. Um, I, I, I'm looking at this document. Uh, you know, we, we still have so much that, that we could cover on here. Um, and we've, we've had so much, uh, so much, so much good content so far already. Um, I, unfortunately we've got to bring it to a close cause I do have a stop, but, um, John, thank you so much for coming on, man. Is there anything else you want to, you want to shout out or you want to discuss in the last couple minutes here? No, I just want to say thank you so much uh, for having me on. And mm. um, for the content creators in this in this space, hats off to you. Um, mm. Oh, my gosh. I, I know that's a, it's a burden of love, but uh, it's so greatly appreciated. And um, you know mm. what you guys do is fantastic. So keep up the good work and uh, be tuning in. That's awesome. Thank you so much, John. Yeah, I, I, I really I really do appreciate that. It is It is a lot of it's a, it's a lot of work, uh, but you get a lot of love out of it too, from people like you and, and also, you know, you coming on the show and stuff like that. It really, it eases, it eases the load because all I've got to do is sit here and be in, you know, dump my brain of like, all right, how does he do it? You know, <laughs> and, uh, and then get the answers. So it's a great, it's a great experience for me as well. Yeah. Alrighty. I think, I think with that, we'll close, uh, once again, John, Mr. Uh, my own eyes, Mr. Mayonnaise, <laughs> thanks for coming on and uh, we'll see you on the Hacker One leaderboards. Sounds great. Thank you very much. Peace. Bye.